1: It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Hurley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across America and around the planet, we're Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and you can listen when you choose. So here I am looking at... The what I do with it? the manufacturing uh, data here? Mm. Uh, the uh, the S and P Global Purchasing Managers Index for the manufacturing sector fell for the second month in a row, uh, contracted for the second month in a row. Uh, the lowest score for the index since May of twenty twenty. Mm. This is the second straight month in which the S and P Global PMI fell below fifty. The level that indicates contraction. So we've had contraction for uh, that would be October and then November, which is the first two months of the fourth quarter. Right. Not not good. Now we look at the third quarter. I just this made me think about this because this stat came out uh, while we were on uh, while we were on vacation. Came out the twenty third, and it was a GDP by state. Now in the third quarter, remember that uh, the GDP went up. Actually, first. First two right. quarters in this country we, you know, was negative growth, we were in a recession. Right. And then the third quarter we rebounded a little bit, and it was interesting because the state numbers came out. Mm. The state GDP numbers, which are really interesting because you sit right. there you, you, right. it, you, you look at it. I there's some questions that I have. Uh the the state in the third quarter that had the biggest growth in GDP, mm. Alaska. Eight point seven percent. Is that oil? What yeah. else could that be? I, I
0: would assume it was oil. Has yeah. to be oil. Has to be oil. Yeah,
2: has to be oil. Texas was second, eight point two percent.
0: Now okay. remember right.
2: the the uh, the uh, the average the uh, growth U.S. Uh, growth was three point two percent. Right. Okay. okay. So Texas was at eight point two. Alaska eight point seven. Then as you scan around, uh, nobody's really close to either of those. I am assuming a lot of that has to be energy. Yeah. Yeah. You you would you would think a lot of it has to be energy cuz the next closest uh that I can find Oklahoma 5.5, North Dakota 5.2. That's energy.
0: Those are all the energy right. states right yeah. there.
2: California 3.8, New York 2.5. Mm-hmm. Below, you know, average uh, California a little bit above mm-hmm. uh average, but as you can see, uh Texas, Alaska, Oklahoma, North Dakota are the ones that uh that really Wyoming Wow. And then you start looking at, you know, Indiana, for example, negative 3. Negative 0.3. Indiana for the third quarter had negative growth. Mississippi, negative 0.7 growth. Hmm. Then you look at other states, uh, Vermont, 1.3% growth. New Hampshire, 1.8%. Maine, 2.8%. Rhode Island, 1.8%. Delaware, 1.9%. Maryland, 1.8%. D.C., 1%. North Carolina, 1%. Kansas, 1.9%. South Dakota, negative 0.5% growth. Hmm. You know, so, uh, hey, there's a lesson to be learned in this. And the lesson is, uh, if we are in bad economic times or the world is in bad economic times, if you produce energy, you will grow. Yeah. that's That's a constant. If you produce fossil fuels, you will grow. Yes. It's pretty obvious. Yep. Because you look at the, and remember... Uh, That was the just the one quarter. What we don't know, the fourth quarter numbers won't be coming out till what beginning of February. Right. Yeah. Something like that. Interesting, though, to look at the actual states. No, it is. Um, hmm. Uh, But for manufacturing, uh, the manufacturing sector posted a weak performance as 2022 is brought to a close as output. And new orders contracted at sharper rates. Demand for goods dwindled as domestic orders and export sales both dropped. So the contraction is exports and domestic use of manufactured goods both dropped. And is it the point that finally the inflation and interest rates finally are going to have... Uh, in impact where people and businesses and industry pull back? That will be the question.
0: Yeah, I mean, because at that point, you know, at a certain point there is that threshold of where the, uh, even though the, the consumer at one point, you know, spending more money on the same amount of goods, and then at some point they start to slow down on the amount of goods that they, that they purchase. Because other things... Uh, like energy for their home, rent and everything else that is on its way up. And other expenditures. You look at the fourth quarter and and families find a way, right, to get Christmas done. But then you deal with the reality in January. And so now you have a uh, a situation that is hitting manufacturers. And the question is, all right, um with, uh, gosh, a number of big-ticket items, Uh, like cars. You know, you have to wonder with uh, the inflation uh, hitting, but on top of the inflation, the cost of borrowing money, interest rates going
2: on. So it was, because I went into the figures from the Bureau of Economic Analysis in the third quarter, uh, the mining industry was a leading contributor to the increases in real GDP mm. in Alaska, Texas, Wyoming, mm. Oklahoma, North Dakota, and New Mexico, with the six states with the largest increases in real GDP, and in West Virginia, the state with the eighth largest increase in real GDP, which shows you just how important <laughs> mining, the mining industry, which includes oil natural gas, mm. is uh to the economy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um
0: look <laughs> again, we have to point out all of this is by choice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Every bit of this is by choice. Yeah. We like people who are going to spend in no end, so so there's your inflation. Uh, we decide that uh, we're going to go with wind and solar, and we're not going to use uh, fossil fuels, and we're going to pay the price for that. We're seeing that in action right now, and the answer to the inflation is always going to be to raise the interest rates. So the cost of borrowing goes up. That slows the economy. Everything is by design. Everything is by choice. We can make different choices. We choose not to. Choose not to. You look at the states that are doing well. And it points to energy. And it's not just that they're they're producing for domestic consumption. You know, you look at states like Texas. We export a ton of stuff. And a major energy producer, um, that with along with those other states that we mentioned, and that's going to mean a stronger
2: economy. Looking at uh, going back to the second quarter mm-hmm. of 2022, mm-hmm. j- just wanted I just happened to I, I saw the third quarter when I was on vacation, so I'm mm-hmm. just as you were just talking, saying, oh, wonder what the second quarter was like state by state, mm-hmm. because we had remember 06 percent growth. Uh, as a nation, mm-hmm. so we were in negative growth. Uh, Florida uh, had one point six percent increase of growth, while we were in a recession. Mm. The leader, make sure I have it here. Yep the 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 leader in economic growth during the recession. And just give you an example: California had point uh, point five uh, percent negative growth. Utah. Uh, negative one point one percent. New Mexico, negative two point three percent. Uh, you go to uh, Wisconsin, negative one point nine percent. New York, uh, point seven percent increase. Mm. Vermont, you know, negative point two. Texas was the leader in the second quarter, uh, with one point eight percent economic growth. All right, so you can make the you can make the case that if the country is in a recession, technically. That doesn't mean that the entire that the entire country is. There are places. Not every
0: state is right? not. A, yeah,
2: right. Exactly. Um, looking here, let me see if I can find the first quarter here. Uh, just cited this for the heck of it, right? You know, mm. why, you know, sure. Why, why not? Uh, <laughs> uh, by by state. Now the first quarter. Oh, mm. Texas negative two point three percent growth.
1: Hmm.
2: Uh, Florida negative one point three, New York negative one point three, California negative one, Washington State negative three point three percent. Remember that was when the it was uh, one point six percent was the uh, negative one point six percent was the economic uh, decline in the first quarter, right? Uh, Alaska <laughs> minus eight point two percent in the first quarter of uh, of last year, a year hmm. ago. I'm trying to see if anyone had positive growth. Massachusetts did 0.2 percent. Michigan did 0.1 percent. Yeah, we're not we're not talking a lot of economic growth there. By the way, at that at those right. levels, They're, right? You know, minuscule. But just trying to get an idea of how things change over you know a period of uh, period of time.
0: And I'd have to go back and look at energy production during that time. But I do know that we were looking at massive, massive gas prices.
2: Yeah. So mm-hmm.
0: I don't know what that meant for demand or production. I can't put that correlation together uh, because I don't have that information in front of me. But I wonder if that's what was it. At hand with with uh, Texas and Alaska. Well, you
2: know what the worst economic growth was? Wyoming, negative nine point seven percent in the mm. first quarter. Mm. That now that would be annualized out if it was you know that's the annualized rate, right? Uh, of what it would be, which of course it didn't end up being that way. Right? Wyoming doing very well in the next two quarters, as did Texas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, it's.
0: And, you know, again, uh, you know, this is where because so much of the policy that basically will then dictate what the, you know, what the industries are going to do is is going to be from the federal level. This is why states have to fight so hard. You know, including energy producing states. It's still a an uphill battle. Mm hmm. Against the federal regulations, and it always will be. By choice. By choice. Because we have, uh, the, uh, the voters saying this is what we want. We know that doesn't include our audience, doesn't include us, but these are the choices we
2: make. Doesn't have to be this way at all. No, it doesn't. And and you said it earlier, and I'll say it again. The reason we are in the situation we are in in this country is because that's what the American voter voted for. Yep. We can change it. Name me a problem that isn't what the American pro- the American people voted for. Right. Inflation mm-hmm. caused by government spending. Mm-hmm. The American people voted for that yep. through their elected representatives. Yep. The border, a result of the people that we have put in political office mm-hmm. the liberal transgender activist movement. It's what the people wanted mm-hmm. it's what they voted for critical race theory judging people by groups and not individuals. It's what the American people voted for through the Democratic Party. yep that has that they have uh, that they have put in. there isn't a problem that we face right now that wasn't created, By who we put in to political office. Crime. The broken border. Inflation. All of it. All of it. It's what the American. You didn't. I didn't. Eric didn't. But the American people overall voted for this. Yep, It's a choice. So it's not that Congress. Well, Congress isn't paying attention to the will of the people. No, they did exactly what the will of the people wanted. And the will of the people was wrong. Right. yep it's tough to face people don't like to face it but it's the truth now i didn't vote for that you didn't vote for that our audience didn't vote for that but for the majority of the american public the trials and tribulations you feel right now the suffering you feel right now the majority of americans voted for that yeah and voted again for it in november yep eight six six ninety red eye
0: Starting and charging system-related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Have your electrical system checked by a certified technician if your vehicle begins to shut down electrical loads like radios and cab lights while in operation. This is a surefire
2: sign that you're experiencing low battery voltage, and continuing to run on these conditions can lead to additional electrical systems shutting down.
0: This report brought to you by Lubrifier engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, uh uh red eye I haven't seen – you ever, you see any projections for the uh, the first quarter GDP? Do you, I haven't even looked at that yet. I, I have that not. That I, I I saw that they're still saying that uh, the projection for the fourth quarter is positive growth, right? The uh, last right. I saw a few weeks yeah, ago. Right.
0: Yeah. I have not seen anything on uh, on the first quarter, though. But um, yeah, I you know there there's so much that's that's changing, so much that's moving within the economy right now. One percent now is the outlook
2: from the uh, yeah from the forecast predicted economy expanded a one percent this quarter down from the prediction of one point two percent. Okay, from the last, but that was November fourteenth. Hmm. All right, so.
0: Yeah, there's so much that's moving right now. I don't know how you even, as an economist, and quite frankly, a lot of those guys miss the uh, miss the mark anyway. But there's so much moving in the economy right now. I don't know how far you have to throw your dart to get it to stick to a board. One of the things you're seeing with brick and mortar um, is, you know, the inevitable adjustment. Those that weren't in the online retail game early on are suffering. And they're older brands, a lot of them. But then you get into the companies, the discount companies and pharmacy retail companies that are talking about uh, what, the, um, what the thefts are calling or, or, or costing them. And we're talking collectively billions of dollars a year between big box and and the pharmaceutical retailers or pharmacy retailers. And that's going to be, you know, an adjustment for them. So as they start adjusting, do you close doors? You know, the, the backlash that came from security measures that they're talking about, putting things behind glass, more and more things behind glass. There was backlash on that saying, well, wait a minute that's going to discourage people okay. from shopping
2: there legitimately. The Atlanta Fed's saying now, I'm sorry, the Atlanta Fed, 3.9% is what they came out with yesterday for the fourth quarter. For the fourth quarter? Yes. All right. Hmm. With the negative growth in manufacturing that we're seeing. Yeah. The contraction. Hmm.
1: Individuals and in business.
2: Gary McNamara, eight six six ninety Red Eye. Yeah, I mean, you, you just look at it and you say, okay. Uh, I, as far as I know, wasn't retail spending down, like in 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 November and December?
0: Um, in it was, parts of November and early December, I don't know for the entire shopping season if it was down. Which I think they now include uh, after Christmas, the after Christmas sales. So I would have to look at all of December numbers. And I'm not sure those are out yet. Um, you know, and it, it, it also depends on the retailer you're talking about, right? Discount retailers did very well uh, for a period of time between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Now, the question is, better than ex- expected or did they do better than the previous year or you know again how did how did they perform
2: Okay here it is November retail sales slowed from October but right. remained higher than last year without considering inflationary pricing mm-hmm. Retail sales for November were down 0.6% compared to October but up 6.5% from last November seasonally 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 adjusted mm-hmm. In November the consumer price index rose 7.1% from the previous 12 months However, the CPI minus food and energy increased only by uh, by 6%. So you look at that and you say, okay, um, you know, how, how did it – and I guess my point is if manufacturing was down, contracted two months in a row, and the greatest amount since May of 2020, and retail sales look to be flat because the retail sales here was not considering inflationary pricing – uh, you know, so you, you look at, we know that manufacturing is down, retail sales, eh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, flat if you take into consideration the inflation. Right. Because if it was up six point, if, uh, if retail sales were up 6.5% and, uh, you look at, uh, you know, minus food, uh, and, and they, it was, uh, the CPI minus food and energy was 6%, well, you may be up 0.5% from the year before. So if retail sales are basically flat Mm -hmm. and manufacturing is down, exports are down, what's the Atlanta Fed looking at? Right. Just asking a question. I'm Mm -hmm. not making a judgment Mm -hmm. through my question. It's a serious, you know, what is is up then? Uh, Is it – Gasoline is down in price, which means you're purchasing less, which means, you know, fewer dollar transactions Well, gasoline, on was, uh, gasoline diesel was, diesel wasn't, diesel fuel oil wasn't, wasn't yes. Right.
0: Fuel oil wasn't, right. So diesel moves the economy. Uh, then you have, in that same category, distillates, uh, you have uh,
2: fuel oil. And, and another le- another legitimate question, because in times of normal inflation, you know, three point nine percent would be great economic growth. Right, sure, it's wonderful economic growth. Right, <clears throat> uh, and and in how do you compare it though when you have the inflation that we've had? Hmm. How much is the GDP adjusted for inflation?
0: Well and you know that that's it and you know we were talking about earlier I mentioned the behavior of the consumer that because at some point the consumer is spending more but they're not buying they're not getting as many items you're spending more dollars on the same or fewer items right right at's at one point early on and this is the way it works is you're buying the same amount of items which means you're really that that spending is up because inflation is on the rise. Well, then there's that threshold where you start to pull back on your spending and you pull back on the amount of items essentially on your list, in your basket.
2: And that's where you have to look at real GDP versus GDP, because real GDP looks at inflation. The GDP does not. Right. I just wanted to verify it here, and I just verified it so that would be the and that's why real gdp would be the number that you're actually looking at even if they're promoting uh even if the promotion is of gdp because if gdp doesn't take inflation into consideration then you can skew it tremendously based on a bad number, a bad inflation number. right. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll, you
0: know, and then and then going into this first quarter, uh, you know, there's the scary part. You come out of Christmas shopping season, and you head into again back to reality. And with a number of companies uh, looking at more and more layoffs, uh, closing stores, or whatever it might be on the retail side, then those adjustments are going to mean again. Slower growth. To what extent? And I'd love to see, um, love to see what the outlook is for the. Because most economists were saying a recession at some point this year,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I think most were pointing to mid-year. By the end of the second quarter, we'll see it. We'll definitely be be feeling the effects of a recession. I don't know how much of that has changed in one direction or the other. So I guess we'll see.
2: Just questions. Mm -hmm. Just questions. All right. You want the ultimate in the liberal circular firing squad? All right. Here we go. Officials in the sanctuary state of Colorado, with an influx of border crossers and illegal immigrants arriving, are sending migrant buses to New York City, also. A sanctuary city. Hmm. Apparently, this was uh, in uh, Politico had this. New York Governor Eric Adams, excuse me, New York City Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, careful. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> New York City Mayor Eric Adams says that the Sanctuary State of Colorado is sending border crossers and illegal immigrants to the city, Politico says. Uh, quote, we were notified yesterday that the governor of Colorado is now stating that they are going to be sending migrants to places like New York and Chicago, Adams said during a radio appearance. This is just unfair for local governments to have to take on this national obligation. Now, uh, since the mayor of New York City is stating that, if true, mm-hmm. does that mean that the governor and the state of Colorado is xenophobic? Because they have created a sanctuary State mm-hmm. that protects illegal immigrants and criminal illegal immigrants from the federal government. And now, when it's going to cost them money, they wish to ship them to another liberal sanctuary city because they want a virtue signal that we care, but when it comes down to paying for it, they They don't don't care. By the way, that's one of the most interesting things about the whole uh, what's going on right now. (laughs) These these cities and these states have voluntarily said, come here. Mm. Come here because we won't follow federal law. Then these states and localities that are saying, come here, we won't follow federal law, are screaming for the federal government to take care of the bill. There ought to be a law. Yeah, you guys need which, to... Which, by the way, there is. <laughs> <laughs> but th- think about this. It's, this, is, this is the delusional mind of Democrats. Well, but it sounds
0: good. It sounds good. We welcome everyone. Whoa! Why did everyone show up? That's the left. And the president still
2: hasn't visited the southern border. And Governor uh, Polis, as we know, is he's he a, a Democrat in, mm-hmm. in Colorado. So is he a xenophobe? Look, uh, this does not... We didn't come up with these... We did not come up with these labels for certain situations. Mm-hmm. These are labels that Democrats have created and we're just seeing if the democrat labels apply to democrats. But I, this
0: is you know, it's their it's their rule book, their definitions. Yes.
2: I but this is how delusional they are. I don't write the book. Okay, we're going to create sanctuary cities where you can be an illegal immigrant and we will protect you from the federal government. You can be a criminal, you can be a somebody who commits a crime and a, and a uh, uh, illegal immigrant, and we will hide you from the federal government. That's right. We will not abide by the federal government's laws. So all of a sudden, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> Let's go to the sanctuary cities. Wait a minute. We can't afford you. Why isn't the federal government, that we won't abide by the federal government law, paying for these illegal Immigrants that we invited here, right? All right, ship them out somewhere else. Why, you xenophobe? Uh, By the Democrat standard, I want to make it clear. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't. We didn't create, as Eric said, we didn't create the rule book. I don't write. We're simply trying to figure it out. What the rule book is for Democrats?
0: I don't define any of it. I don't write the rules. They're the ones that did that. And if you invite anyone and everyone and say we will not cooperate with federal authorities, then certainly there is a funding mechanism to accommodate. Mm -hmm. Or there isn't. There is, but it's in another city. (laughs) It's in another state. (laughs) We'll send them over there. Uh, This is becoming, and and by the way, uh, as you point out, it's not Governor Abbott. That's not Governor DeSantis.
2: No. No, they're all doing it. They went and looked and said, oh, El Paso's doing it. Right. They're a Democrat. Why right. can't we? Right. The
0: Biden administration is doing
2: it. Exactly. Ask Mayor Adams. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's a great point. Biden administration's doing it. Now El Paso's doing it. It's like, right. Other Democrat sanctuary sitters are saying, let's get in on it. But remember, they're the ones that invited illegal immigrants and said, <laughs> this is, we'll protect you from the federal is government. their policy. They went out of their way
0: to create that as policy and then heavily and proudly
2: promoted it. I think the question for Democrats is, do you believe in anything if you have to pay for it?
0: Well, I supported Obamacare. I wanted Obamacare. I didn't know I was going to have to pay for it. It's exactly. a couple in California.
2: Well, we've we've seen what's happened in those states. Right. But if, and Colorado's one of them. Mm hmm. For, you know, that, oh, well, we can't have, you, you know what they could do? You
0: know what they could do? Top of my head, but this is brilliant, I think. You know what they could do to pay for it? Legalize marijuana. <laughs> 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 it would raise trillions of dollars.
2: Trillions. All trillions r- r- of ta- Legalize r- it and tax it. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> legalizing marijuana will take care of all of our problems. We're Portland. We're going one step further. Ah, a lot of, well, they didn't. They're not legalizing it where they're producing it and taxing mm-hmm. it at mm-hmm. that point. Not, yeah. Um, right. but, in, but pot they are. Yeah. Pot, yeah it's, legalize it and tax it. And, that, and you were the one, by the way, you were the one that stood out and said, no, legalize it, but don't tax it. Don't tax it. Because the cartels will still beat you, and it's exactly what happened. That's exactly what's going on right now. 866-90-RED-EYE.
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara, Eight six six ninety Red Eye. You know, we were talking about looking for a, you know, representative in Congress for the Republicans because trying to figure out who's going to be Speaker of the House, yeah. you know, who really can communicate, and we feel that's lacking tremendously. Mm-hmm. But when I just – I said that, you know, there's just some things that you and I will say back and forth, and I said it before. Somebody should ask Democrats the question, do you believe in anything if you have to pay for it? What a great line to use. No, I, I, and I just did. it was taught right. at the top of my head and right. I thought and, and, it, and the whole point is it's not that we're geniuses it's that this is really simple yeah it's really simple Right? right. do you believe in anything if you have to pay for it right. or do you only believe in doing good things if other people pay for it right exactly that's a good question It's Red Eye Radio. Uh, he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, Eight six six ninety red eye Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when you choose throughout the entire year of 2023.
0: <laughs> oh, right. I just got to work that in. Uh, Think of it as it. Red Eye and me in 2023. Ah,
2: I like that. Okay, finally. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's good. We got it. Yeah. All right, you ready for this? All right. Uh, here's, uh, here's Jim Jordan yesterday after... He endorsed Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House. I think we have three objectives this Congress. Three fundamental things we have to get done in the 118th Congress. First, pass the bills that fix the problems. In two years' time, we have we we have a border that is no longer a border. We have a military that can't meet its recruitment goals. We have bad energy policy, bad education policy, record spending, record inflation, record debt, and a government that has been weaponized against we the people, against the very people we represent. <laughs> There you go. And uh, so after that they had the vote and uh Jim Jordan who uh endorsed Kevin McCarthy got the majority of yeah. the votes yeah. that did not want to have Kevin McCarthy be speaker of the house. Now I want to say one thing right there. Yeah. I see Jim Jordan so many times in investigative in 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 his investigative mode. Right, right. right. Uh I like the way that he sounded there.
0: No, I, I like, I, I, I think I, he's a very, uh, I like I the way he very, articulated
2: everything. Though. I, I think he's a very good
0: speaker. I think right. he's, he's, uh, motivating in a way that, uh, the GOP needs to learn from. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's the, I think certainly that is the case. I think that right now he is more useful in the role, especially in the next few years. Yes, hopefully. I agree. We'll be right. in the role, uh, of, uh, uh those, uh, heading up those, uh, committees uh to get to the bottom of a number of items and that's the guy you want there and he wouldn't be able to do that as speaker
2: no he 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 wouldn't but I had said earlier I hadn't seen him in many areas where he would articulate in general I just did I did not when I said that I didn't see that little portion right there mm-hmm. that little portion I went okay that was that was that was good I mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. uh, McCarthy doesn't have and I don't know what people want out of a speaker. Uh, to A speaker to me, I want, you're the person who communicates for the party. You are the one, you are the one part of the branch where you have control. Yeah. The legislative branch, the, the House. You have that, you know, so part of the branch you control, you then represent the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And where the Republican Party is going until uh somebody is actively campaigning for president of the united states but still they won't be elected you are so right, the speaker right. will really be the voice and you want somebody who can communicate effectively i haven't seen i haven't seen and, and again it can be individual tastes of what convinces impresses me and convinces me which could be different for somebody else mm-hmm. uh i just i just like that short minute there from uh, Jordan, I went, hmm, I haven't seen McCarthy speak in that type of clarity and passion and and that precise on those issues. Mm-hmm. Because you saw that you went, yep, 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 yep. Independents would see that from Jim Jordan and go, uh-huh, yep, yep, yep. But Jordan doesn't want to be Speaker of the House. He doesn't want it. He's endorsing somebody else. Scalise doesn't want it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so the who are you voting for? You know, and that's that. When you look at it, really, that is what... So many Republicans are saying, wait a minute, McCarthy may not be the perfect person, but you got to pick somebody, and he's got the vast majority of Republican votes. Nobody else wants it. Because that's what looks so stupid. What looks stupid is the people that don't want McCarthy, the vast majority voted for Jordan, and he's endorsed McCarthy. Right. It's stupid. Yeah, no, it is. The American public looks at it. Republicans look at it and it's stupid. And then the whole thing with Gates and Boebert and and Perry, uh, you know, if being reported that they said to um, uh, McCarthy, we'd rather have Hakeem Jeffries as Speaker of the House, the Mm -hmm. Democrat. Mm -hmm. You're you're stupid. If if you said that, you're stupid because you knew that was going to get out. Mm-hmm. And what Republican is going to say? Yep, I'd rather have Jeffries than McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, it, it's a
0: lot of like Charlie Crist. <laughs> well, then don't vote for me. Okay, we won't. Um, you know it. <laughs> it's the and and Gates represents, I guess, what used to be, may still be, the most conservative district in Florida. Not a smart thing to say. I get it when they say, look, we want somebody who's a strong conservative who can get the message out. We want this person. And McCarthy is not the guy. All right. I understand why. But the problem with that is, is that where
2: is the fix? What's going to happen? Yeah, Gates represents where I used to live, Mm -hmm. which is you, you can make the argument which is the western panhandle of Florida, yeah. which would be, you know, uh, uh, Pensacola, Fort Walton mm-hmm. Beach, mm-hmm. Um, uh, Navarre, where I used to live in, in Navarre, Florida. Very, 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 very conservative. Mm-hmm. And so you look at it and it's like, hmm, uh, okay, let me see. Just I did a quick thing here. The first congressional district has a Republican rating of plus 20, mm-hmm. one of the most Republican districts in Florida. Mm-hmm. One of the most Republican districts probably in the United States when you look mm-hmm. at it, extremely mm-hmm extremely conservative and by saying that you're like that's nah, not going to relate to the people of Flor- in, in the Western Panhandle of Florida right they're gonna say they're gonna say well wait a minute and I think it was National review I think did it where they said look at the American conservative rating for you know between Scullies for example and um and McCarthy mm-hmm. it's minuscule right and so it's a few points. It, you know is it really and then gates come you know coming out and saying well he's part of this you know that he's part of the swamp. Mm-hmm. Well, if he if McCarthy had supported the one point seven billion dollar spending bill, yeah, yeah or, you could or a trillion, yeah. What I say, billion. <laughs> wow, I was really off there. I apologize <laughs> by, I by about, a few billion, you know, at by least. a few billion, <laughs> by a couple, yeah. of, by a couple of hundred billion. Yeah, you know you you could you can make the case, but mm-hmm. you're 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 saying we object to this, but we have no solution. And the person we're voting for doesn't want it as an endorsing the person you don't want. Right. Right. Which usually in politics, if you're endorsing the person I don't want, I'm usually not going to vote for you. You know, <laughs> here's just,
0: here uh, is the here is the problem that I have with all of it is that we've known this this rift and the GOP in the House has been there for months. The question about McCarthy has been there since before the election. You, as a party collective, I'm not putting it on any one person, but as a collective, they should be able to, within that period of time, bring it together and say, let's not get out there on January 3rd And make a show of this. Let's what we'll demonstrate on January 3rd is, hey, we may disagree on some things as a party. These are the things we do agree on and where we're going to take this nation, the American people agree on. That's not that hard to do. Yet we still need to make it a show about me. Still needs to be about me. Well, at some point, and again, I get it, McCarthy, I again, we don't hear that kind of leadership in his presentation. Not the point. The point is, is that nobody else wants the gig. And you can sit here and chase your tail all week, or you can go to work. It's a joke. It's a stupid joke. I know. And it's been in play for months. Yep. Sober up
2: and go to work. As a group, because that's the way that it works. And the group is the Republican Party. Yep. And it's the Republican House. Yep. And you can get. Here's the thing. Uh, And. Again, until somebody becomes speaker, you don't know the job that they're going – you just don't know the job that they're going to do. You just don't know. Remember, uh, even though uh, you have McCarthy with extremely low ratings, Newt Gingrich's ratings inside the Republican House were lower than uh, McCarthy's. Right. And so what does that mean? Well, in the case of Gingrich, nothing because – they were able to unite that party in ninety, you know, after ninety four, right? And you saw what they were able to accomplish in that time, and in in that relatively short time that he was in, because he wasn't speaker new for an extreme. He wasn't speaker for like a decade or right, right. You know, and and so you look at it and say, it's not about being an individual. Yeah, you get elected as an individual. But you can basically get right now, when you look at the way all the issues are lined up, you get, I don't care what side you're on, if you're, if you're more conservative libertarian in the House or you're more of a moderate in the House, everyone is for those four or five issues that Jordan just laid out. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who was against where the Democrats stand on that. So you've got 80% of what you want sitting in front of you. What else do you want? Right. Especially when you have the House, but you don't have the Senate, which means you don't have the power that you want. You really can't push legislation through, but you can push. You can attempt to push it through. To have the the symbolism of the substance of where you stand. You can promote the symbol. This is a substance. We know we can't get this bill through. We're going to vote for it anyway. Here's where we stand. There's a symbolism of where we stand on the substance for 2024. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that you need to have is the fact that we are competent and we are united together. Well, you're blowing that big time right now. Yeah.
0: You blow it. Because what we should have seen by the end of the day yesterday is McCarthy standing there making a speech with the same same passion. And this is on McCarthy that you heard from Jim Jordan there with Jordan and all of them standing behind him. United as a party. These are the things we're going to do. These are the things the American people sent us here to do.
2: Because is it really let me ask this question. And it's tough because we're not dealing, we're not involved in these discussions every single day in the relationships and the different personalities. But is this about on the actual substance of the issues or are these all personality conflicts? No,
0: it, it reeks a personality conflict. All of it. This has been known for months and, and it was like it was being set up to go exactly the way it played out yesterday. Why? Because they knew this was going to be about me. I can make this show about me and wait until January 3rd. I'm going to put on quite the show. And they did.
2: Eight six six ninety 90 Even though the price of feed for dairy cattle was up during 2022. Dairy was one of the components that did pretty well when we looked at farm income for 2022. USDA's chief economist Seth Meyer cash receipts for milk went up by 38%
1: this past year.
2: Some of that being eaten
0: up by increased feed costs, and
2: we look out next year, still decent margins, but milk prices coming down a little bit into the new year. Meyer expects producers will get an average of 22 70 a hundredweight for milk in 2023. That's about an 11.5% decline from 2022, mostly driven by a softening of prices for many dairy products like butter
1: and cheese. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture.
0: The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel.
1: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlile, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety uh, Red Eye. Because the Republicans split the vote, that uh, the actually the Democrats voting for Hakeem Jeffries for uh, you know who's going to end up being the minority leader, but mm. uh, he actually got more votes for uh, because all the Democrats, you know, voted for voted him for, for Speaker. Right. right. And I'm just reading here Dan McLaughlin from National Review, huh, Hakeem, Je- and this is true. Hakeem Jeffries has a long history of denying the legitimacy of our elections and governing institutions he's entirely unfit for the job he's been given we we have said you know the you know the irony of of who uh the democrats voted for the minority leader with all their accusations yeah. of election denying of right. republicans yeah. and they put in one of the biggest election deniers in modern history all right <laughs> Uh, you know, in Hakeem Jeffries, and so it's. I mean, it's a great point to be made. I mean, that's the kind of, that's the kind of stuff that you know. You sit there and you shake your head. You're like, oh, they're throwing that allegation at Republicans on a consistent basis. Who do they put in? The biggest election denier that they've had for over the last decade, right? <laughs> right. They put in no. Yep. The. Full the, support of the party. And as they say right here, House Democrats' new leader doesn't believe in democracy. Right. And the, the best thing is, by the Democrat standard, Hakeem Jeffries is the kind of person that they despise. An election denier who doesn't believe in democracy. Right. By their own definition. Yes. This is getting tiresome, judging Democrats by the Democrat standard. And it's a daily thing. I know <laughs> it's it's everywhere you turn. <laughs> like, I don't even get to judge people by my standard anymore. I judge them by their own standards because that's where the hypocrisy is. Right. The irony and the hypocrisy right. is just huge in it. It's right? Like, wow! Really?
0: Yeah. Okay. It, it's uh, it's it's totally over the top, and yet he got the full support of his party.
2: Yeah, they're 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 unified. On somebody who is as, and that's the other thing too. By putting him in as a minority leader, it shows that they intend to remain as radical and even be more radical on the issues than they have been, which as a Republican, you should look at and say, we keep getting handed the greatest gifts you could possibly get politically. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to sit there and we're going to blow it again. Every time.
0: We can't get a message across after we win. (laughs) I mean, it's honestly, it's uh, it's mind boggling. It really is. When everything is laid out there in front of you and all you have to do is point. Look, broken border, inflation, high crime. The radical agenda. Of the left and in the de- schools and every
2: and, everywhere else, and and the 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 entire thing is, it's like this is what the Democrats' response is going to be. We already right. know it. We predicted it, right. and they started it already. Well, all Democrats or all Republicans can tell you is what you they're 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 against. They're against crime. Well, what are they going to do about it? <clears throat> not defund the police, right? Uh not get rid of bail, right? uh, uh go after not not not, le- not legalize hard drugs, right? Go after the gangs? Right. Uh, These are easy things to answer. Because if you're saying that we're against something, you're conveniently forgetting what we are for. So you can fight that this is, it's why we get so frustrated on the show. It's why we get so frustrated.
0: And and the frustrations are growing by the second. You know, the the GOP, I I don't care who it is. Gates, Boebert, any of them you can stand up there and say there are many problems i have with kevin mccarthy but our greater problems as a nation are coming from the left yeah that's my enemy
1: Individuals and businesses with tax problems. List. I Radio. Hey,
2: it's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Curley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety uh, Red Eye. Well, uh, the uh, Idaho murder uh, uh, in well prosecution mm-hmm. uh, uh, continues as Coburger uh, now, I guess, uh, will be extradited. I believe sometime today yeah. back to uh, Idaho mm-hmm. you know one of the things and, and we were just talking about it off the air and I think it's uh really really interesting to talk about is uh how we're we're not anymore we may not anymore be talking about uh the the fact that you commit a crime you leave your DNA there mm-hmm. and then uh you know then uh you're because your dna is in the system they can match you up precisely yeah, from a previous crime
0: or something from a previous
2: crime yeah. right uh Not or, the case anymore. or or what they would do for example if you if they believe that you committed a crime and there's dna at the site mm. you know they may follow you to a public place and you hold on to a glass mm-hmm. or something like that and they grab that and they take the dna right. off of a, a utensil or something like that that right. you're using right right it's completely different now. I thought you explain when you were uh, telling me about it the way that you were explaining it was just just perfect. I've seen some criminologists also explain it and say the whole thing with DNA is completely different because it's not just one DNA there's a ton of different parts yeah, of, right. of, of of DNA now that they can look and start solving the puzzle. And just explain the way you did to me, because I thought it was very succinct the way that you did it.
0: Quite often now, because they have the, you know, the database where there, if there's any criminal history and it's already, you know, your, your DNA is as a criminal is part in, in the system. Um, that's part of the database, but the much larger database they have is the public database from companies like Ancestry, 23andMe, and you may say to yourself, well, that's why I don't share it. Well, you didn't, but your twenty-three, uh, your your third cousin did share it at twenty-three and Me, right? And so that's the the database
2: that comes in, and so your, and what, your second cousin committed a felony, that, and so their or, DNA was taken. Or, right? Well,
0: or they they submitted their uh, to this public database, right? Through these voluntarily to right. you know uh, find your heritage, or whatever. Um, they that's available. So what they do is they 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 compare. Anything that may be in a criminal database, but the much larger public database, which has grown exponentially in the last three to five years, uh, is where they really get a ton of hits. They've solved a number of crimes that way. And so they pare it down basically to they find the DNA on the scene. Then they take that and they run it against this public database and find any Relative uh, DNA that and and take that list of relatives and then pare it down and that gets it down to a very short list pretty quickly. Then you've got to find, okay, you've got to find evidence. You've got to find a a probable cause and everything else on the suspect. Right. And then you from there, then uh, eventually you make an arrest. And it is very fascinating to me what they have available to them and what the process is.
2: And and so the question that I have and, and we don't know this for being just this is pure speculation, but you know, if if they if they did this and the belief is through sources they did, mm-hmm. you know, they did it this way. So you believe, okay, this is the person. So right. and I'm wondering whether they followed him for four days because the whole, you know, when they they followed him on his entire trip back, right. but part of the following, even if they started beforehand, was to, because they had whittled down the DNA mm-hmm. through his relatives, you know, to him and then said, okay, this is a guy just lived, you know, this far away and then right. started investigating and said, okay, Also had a, a car that was similar. Had the car that was similar, that, right. Uh, sided,
0: that yep. was sighted yep. near the, um, seen near the uh
2: And therefore, crisis. at that point, you follow them and you get the DNA at a particular place and then, boom, you've got them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. Um,
0: But there were a number of agencies in this case that led them to uh, do surveillance and then eventually follow Koberger. And and now we have a situation where the law in Idaho uh, has has that the probable cause affidavit is sealed and so, what you saw yesterday is Koberger uh, basically uh, giving up, you know, the 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 whole uh, hearing to on extradition, and then agreeing to come back to Idaho right away. And the prosecutor in Pennsylvania was saying, you know, my guess is, and this was him speaking, my guess is that he wants to get back to see what those what those what the probable cause is listed on this affidavit which will be unsealed at some point and then will become public as a part of this case. And I'm man, I'm fascinated all day uh, about the police work that was involved here. A number of agencies, FBI, uh, Idaho police, uh, the Pennsylvania state police, um, their special task force uh, that uh, executed the warrant last week or warrants. There were a total of four, and and now this process of getting him back to face these charges against him and the deaths, uh the murders, very brutal murders of four students there in Idaho. And you know, it it when you look at what we have because I, I will see older movies or or TV shows, you know, or Movies or TV shows that are set, you know, back in the day. Even if it's a newer TV show, it's set back in the 50s, mm-hmm. all right? They didn't have the science. They didn't have the DNA. What did you have? Fingerprints, you know? And you had, you know, maybe a couple of items or something that would lead you. And still, the the good police work was being done. But now you've got technology. That has come so far because so many people, you know, and the overwhelming majority of are law-abiding citizens that proactively, voluntarily have their DNA on a massive database. You don't have to participate because, again, maybe your cousin did. Maybe a sibling did. Maybe a third cousin did. And they can narrow that down very quickly and then say, okay, who might this be? And then they've got a, a, a very short list. Then you compare that to, okay, here's a vehicle that matched. Right. Is there anybody that matched in that vehicle?
2: Where did they live?
0: Where did they live? Anybody that w- would have any reason to be in this area during that time? And, and, and there you have your suspect. And now it's about the charges uh, against the suspect and the the lawyer, his lawyer, saying, you know, he's he believes he'll be fully exonerated. Okay. A lot has been said about um, the suspect's attitude and the type of person he is based on his interactions uh, locally in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if some of, if any of that is true, uh, first of all, they all claim, everybody claims innocent, I didn't do it, the whole thing. Uh, most people, some confess, but this suspect is not confessing to anything and says to his lawyer, I, I expect to be fully exonerated. We'll see if that happens. But there's the other side of it, and that is witnesses saying, you know, how, uh, overly confident this guy is.
2: And and I think then you know if he is the one who did it because he is the suspect, so allegedly he did it. But if we see the evidence out, you know, come out today, and the they've got the DNA match from mm-hmm. the crime scene to him, mm-hmm. it's done. Well, and, uh, you know that if yeah. if you have that kind of 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 evidence, then you look at it and you say, for example, when he said, remember when he said first thing he said when he was erected, arrested. Did they did they arrest anybody else? Yeah, did they get anybody right. else. Right. <clears throat> and I thought to myself, oh, he's trying to deflect. He's trying to send them in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Is he because if he is, you know, if he is the person who did it, <clears throat> did he use all of his knowledge from the criminal justice education he has had to try to pull off the perfect crime and so anything that he would say, okay, he's trying to deflect, he's trying to do, yeah. that right. everything that he is doing is calculated to try to deflect the blame somewhere else.
0: You know, my father has a master's in law enforcement and criminal investigation, and I remember as a as a kid, um, after he got his master's degree, he started uh, teaching night school. And while he was getting his master's degree as well, he had a lot of books, textbooks, that he would keep locked up in a briefcase and because they, it it had scenes from real uh, 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 pictures from real crime scenes and they were very gruesome and not for a young person to be seeing. Um, But I remember that process of my dad going through that, getting his master's degree. Uh, It was, he was past the age of qualifying for officer training school. So he retired as a non-commissioned officer uh, E nine from the air force. But as he was going through that and then started teaching, you know, I remember kind of hearing some conversations between him and mom and, and, and what the process is of learning and then teaching, you
1: mm-hmm. know,
0: and that, and today light years from, from the seventies, uh, when my dad was you know, kind of going through, through that time in his life, um, with all the technology and, and all the different ways to communicate instantly and everything else, there's no telling what is is taught and learned at that level, you know, in those schools. So the question is: Is the suspect confident because he believes he's going to outsmart the law if he indeed is guilty,
2: or is he confident because he's not guilty? When, when you when you talk about such a, a a violent crime where so many things could go wrong. You know, and and you ask yourself, you know, you, you. I think we've all asked ourselves, did he believe he could commit the perfect crime? And you think, you know, with hair follicles, with just everything, with, you know, the, the actual uh, physical violence and yeah. what could go wrong committing yeah. such act of physical uh, of violence that could, you know, get your DNA under their fingernails or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at it and say, hmm, is it is it? I will say this whenever I go to the airport and I, I, I have the toll tag. And so I go to the airport and it says, Welcome, Gary McNamara. It's like, Yeah, oh, I can't commit it. I always think every time I go through that, I can't commit the perfect crime mm-hmm. because I've set myself up or yeah. I'm in the digital system right. where they can, uh oh, my phone. They know where I am with my phone. Mm-hmm. They know where my car is. Oh, yeah. And we haven't even got to DNA or anything like that. Right. And, and you know, you wonder that. Whether the supplemental evidence, if they have DNA, will be, for example, that he highlighted parts of, you know, of of I don't know of of text or or books or whatever uh, of uh, or highlighted in in certain sections on his computer, you know, and and you know just made you know copies of certain sections of what he actually did in the crime,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, uh, buying boots to put over boots. Mm. You know, in order things like that, you know, wearing a certain type of gloves, hairnet, whatever, mm. and then went out and actually bought it. And they've got the receipts and everything to show what he did. That's the thing, because then there's cameras and there's cameras everywhere that you go. Mm-hmm. So what can you purchase? Everything leaves either a physical trail, a video trail or a digital trail. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is.
0: My dad said it, I remember, with the whole Lockerbie
2: Oh wow!
0: Yeah, incident. My dad said, "There's always evidence. There's always evidence." And again, he comes from a time in law enforcement uh, where they didn't have you know, DNA. They didn't have everything they had, but there's always evidence. He said, "There's always something." He goes, "You may not always find it. You may not always find it right away, but there's always evidence." And it's it's it is fascinating, um, but. It, this will continue to play out i'm very fascinated to learn more about the probable
2: cause affidavit and what's on that i know yep 86690
1: red eye lines open for your calls 86690 red eye on red eye radio
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. 866, uh, 90, uh Red Eye. Well, uh, it good news is uh, Damar Hamlin. It looks like his uncle said that he is improving, and he is he is breathing. Uh, he's breathing better, which is uh, you yeah. know of the uh, of the Buffalo Bills, hmm. uh, and uh, so that's that's all good news. Yeah, uh, I see, I pray that that continues. You see his charity. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Five million? Over, over five million over now? Over five million now. Wow. Yep.
1: Wow. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.